When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you could save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your moves. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Russ Terry, founder and CEO of Life Coach Radio Networks. Today's sponsor is Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free audiobook when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. That's audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. And now, here's today's show. Hello, everyone. This is the Life Coach Radio Network on Blog Talk Radio. I'm so excited about today's show. My guest is Egyptian Life Coach Shahinas El Hinawe. I'm your host, Jan Jaffe. Welcome to In Depth. Shahinas El Hinawe is founder of Shams Women Project and a co-active coach from the Coaches Training Institute in the USA. With a BA in Psychology and MA in Gender and Peace Building from the University for Peace, a UN-affiliated university in Costa Rica, Shahinas has more than 10 years of experience in the field of women and peace in the Middle East, Asia, and USA, and is a current researcher on women's consciousness in psycho-spiritual studies. She holds workshops and women's circles on self-discovery, living a life of purpose, and moon women cycles. Shahinas is also a nonviolent communication Arabic facilitator for the new New York Center for Nonviolent Communication. I am so excited to have Shahinas El Hanawi as my guest on today's show. Welcome, Shahinas. Thank you very much, Dean. Um, I really appreciate this opportunity. I would like to really thank you for giving me this uh, opportunity being with you today. I'm, I'm really excited and hopeful and looking forward to our conversation. Thank you. Oh, thank you, too, and I'm, I'm excited as well. The number here is 646-716-9397. We welcome your calls, questions, comments, and contribution to the discussion. We love your participation. So the number again is 646-716-9397. So, Shahinas, first of all, I just want to say what a treat it is to have you here on the show today as a guest. Now, you have such an interesting and inspiring story, so I wonder if you would mind sharing, uh, sharing it in any way that you would like with our listening audience. Uh, yes, Shurdin, I would love to. Actually, sharing my story has become really um, something very important to me because I, I feel that coming from this background, coming from this story, it really explains my, my life purpose and why am I here. So um, I would start from the very beginning when I was like a child, young girl. Uh, as you said, I'm coming from an, from Egypt, from a um, culture, Arabic culture, Muslim Arabic. And um, I, I consider myself to be like a very privileged girl. You know, like uh, my parents were so kind to me. Everything I asked for, I, I, I would get, I would have. Um, I had an opportunity to, to travel, to do several things. I had a lot of freedom, a lot of, um, you know, like everything I asked for really I got. Um, mm. and, and that's really considered a privilege from, from, from different, even like my, my colleagues at school, you know, so I would always see myself as having a lot of opportunities. Um, however, I, I, growing up, I, I, I felt that something um, was was not met in my life. Like I, as I said, I was you know getting everything I wanted, but um, I, I had all the feeling that something was missing. Like like kind of care and love uh, that was missing in my life. And I started really searching for that, and and that took me like outside home. So I started you know like um, friends and colleagues, boys and girls. I, I started getting into relationships just to get this kind of care and love that I needed. 
Um, and and that, you know, brought me into a lot of abusive re- relationships. And, and I, I had, like, I lived in, in the victim uh, role for, for a long time. Um, I'm, I'm not saying that my parents did anything wrong or anything was, you know, like, um, it's, it's just that the, this lack of something that I really didn't know where, where did it come from. And growing up with this, this ended really in putting myself in an abusive marriage. And then I realized that I was the one who did this to myself. I was, you know, like responsible for, for this because I, I always had a choice. I always had an opportunity to to learn more. And uh, I'm, I'm not blaming myself. I'm not, you know, having any self-skills, but just learning, learning from the process. And... Um, I got the opportunity to know and to, um, you know, like to discover my power, to discover my inner power, to discover my inner life, and get out of this cycle, you know, like self. I would, say, I would say it's a self-abusive cycle, and so I, I, I got out of this marriage and I started really discovering who am I, what's my life purpose, and I started traveling and. Um, uh, going around the world, meeting people, studying uh, and working abroad. I studied gender and peace building. And I felt like it is my purpose is to help women, uh, you know, like to, to stand up against violence. Like starting from self-violence, self-abuse, to any violence that would be conflicted towards them. So I th- started studying that, working on that um, with the aim to, to assist women and help them. Until uh, I started my initiative, Shampoon, as you said, it's, it's an initiative to bring women together from all over the world um, to, to get to know themselves and, and understand their life purpose, working together and helping each other in solidarity and, um, and you know, like trying to, to bring peace, peace within as, as a start until, you know, like peace in, in, in the world. So... Um, Oh, well, that's quite a life story. Thank you so much for being so open and, and honest about all that you've experienced. So I'm, I'm curious, what, was, what would you say was, because you've talked about, you know, how there was a, a turning point for you, and infl- some people call it an inflection point. So I'm wondering what you would say was the catalyst for that in your life. Okay, so how it, it happened, I, I really remember very well because, you know, as I said, I was kind of like in the darkness. I was kind of like blind to to myself and to knowing myself. I was just in this abusive circle. And then at, at this one point of time, I I turned to God. I turned to God and I and I asked him, um, you know, is, is this, especially coming from this culture where I am, um, is this how you wanted me to be? Is this how you wanted me as a Muslim, Arab woman, and, you know, Egyptian to, to be treated this way, to be in this abusive marriage, to be in this, you know, self-destructing um, behaviors? Or or is it is there more than that? So when I... Hello? Hello, sorry. Um, ah, there you are. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. We we lost you for a moment. Yeah, sorry. Uh, when I really sincerely did that and, and, and turned to God, I really got an answer. I got an answer and I felt that I was guided. I felt I was guided to the light and I felt I was guided to, to the sources that helped me understand that I am really so precious, and especially mm-hmm. as a woman in, in the eyes of God. You know, like I'm really so precious i really need to know you know my my self-worth in the eyes of god and when i started studying that getting more into that that was really you know the turning or shift in in my life that i felt now that i know it i i really need to show to show women and to show the world how how this is it so yeah oh wonderful um that's i mean you you really it's, it's it's almost like the well, the you know when people talk about hitting bottom, and then mm-hmm. you know being opened up, or or looking to God for an answer, and you and that that kind of was you went through a lot um, to come to that place where you were able to to create or yes to create that shift. So you talked about your career. Um, 
that you started out um, with gender and pe- as a gender and peace building consultant. Um, so, how what made you change from that um, working on countering violence? Yeah, countering violence against women to the current work that you do with women. Okay, um, yes, that was another big shift in my life. As I said, I started uh, becoming interested in, in violence against women. I worked with um, women subject to violence, sex- a lot of work on sexual against sexual harassment. And, and again, another point, um, I was so you know sincere, and I asked God, like, God, please put me in a situation where women are really subjected to violence, where I can go and serve. Mm. And few weeks later, I got an offer to go to Afghanistan and work with women on, on violence against women. And um, I, I was so happy and excited, and I went there. Um, but then there, when I really saw a lot of violence, a lot of uh, hatred, a lot of, um, you know, like, um, yeah, a lot of anger. And um, I, I must say that I was surprised because there are so many powerful women working there, you know, like they really don't need much experts. They are, they are very powerful and they're doing a great job. But for me, I really got um, kind of drained and I felt that I don't want to be doing this anymore. Um, I, I want to, to make a shift in my life. I want to work on love. I want to work on compassion. I want to um, work with women to, to, you know, to have self-love, to understand themselves, to, to do what's necessary to protect them from violence. Um, I'm not saying that all violence is because lack of self-love, although a big part of it, it is, but this is where I found myself fitting in. So I had a shift, and there I remember very well, sitting there, writing my proposal, you know, like application for a fellowship in New York, uh, that I want to shift my career and, and, and go to the United States to learn about uh, life coaching, life skills, uh, self-help, uh, and start um, learning more about how, how to work with people on, on these issues. So I kind of like shift, I wanted to sh- a big shift of energy from working on violence every day and street harassment, sexual harassment, to love and compassion and harmony and, and that. So, yeah. Mm. Wow. So what it sounds like or what I hear is that um, you, you feel as though, um, as you mentioned, being in the victim mode when you, as mm-hmm. you were when, in your marriage, in your first marriage, um, and that that was not just um, something that was just happening to you, but that, in a sense, um, self-love helps women at least be able to shift out of victim mode. It may not in itself be something that can change violence against women, but it can help women step out of that victim mode and perhaps take action in their lives so that they they are no longer in that situation. Is that correct? Yes, and a step before that, which is when they have the self-love, the self-confidence, understand themselves, they would kind of like protect themselves from getting into that victim mode, from getting into that violence from the very first place. So I wanted to go mm-hmm. further further back and not wait till violence happened and deal with it, but to build a shield, to build a, a protection around us, that we are there, we will not... Um, you know, like allow it to happen from the very beginning. We will send up mm. before it happens. Excellent. Do you know? I mean, in in um, there's differences, obviously, in the cultures, and we'll get into that. But I was just thinking, um, you know, so much of what you're talking about reminds me of the um, the, the feminist movement that had begun in this country, really, in the set 1970s, and you know, so many of us in America take it for granted although there still are you know there's still a, a long way for for it to go i mean there's still so much uh you know inequality at least in in this country in in the United States 
when mm-hmm. it comes to men and women, when it comes to pay and, you know, that sort of thing. I won't go, go into all of that. But mm-hmm. I'm I'm wondering, I mean, I'm I'm not really aware, and I would think a lot of, I don't think I'm alone in this. I think a lot of our American listeners might be in the same boat as I am when it comes to um, knowing whether or not there even has been a feminist movement in in Egypt or in the Arab countries. I know they vary very much. You can't put them all in one basket. But um, is that something that has is ongoing or has begun in Egypt, a feminist movement? Yes, the core, of course, um, from the very early on, uh, from like... Um, the, the beginning of the um, of, of this century from from the beginning of um, like I, I just remember now um, the the there was a revolution in the ni- 1919 and um, the the women were there you know like um, next to the men and the, the women they were even um, kind of like there's a very um, famous incident of um, women coming together they had kind of like um, a cover or, you know, a veil or a cover on their faces, and then they took it off and they, you know, they said, um, you know, we, we are, you know, like, this is the movement, we're, we're, uh, we're you know, we're freeing ourselves. This was uh-huh. a symbol. It's not really in, in itself just taking it the, this off their faces, the cover off their faces, but it was like a symbol, you know, that they are present, they are powerful, and, yeah, you know, like, they, they started with, education rights and, you know, like uh, voting mm. rights and all that. That was, like, really early on. Of course, yeah, there's a big movement. Okay. So, I mean, I, I'm showing my ignorance, but... <laughs> but no, no, um, no, no, no. But I, I, I know there are differences, um, which, again, we'll get into this a little later in the interview. Um, so you mentioned your fellowship, uh, in New York, and uh, of course, that's how you and I met during your fellowship in New York, which was wonderful. I'm so grateful to have met you. But I'm mm-hmm. I'm curious if you would um, tell us, uh, you know, about you know something about the fellowship and how your journey on this trip, your spiritual and educational and all that wonderful stuff, how that journey <laughs> impacted your life and your purpose. Well, that was really a beautiful journey because it was full of talent, and uh, <laughs> I mean, it's it's really interesting, and it's it's a, it has a lot of you know funny stories in it as well, because I remember very much again when I was sitting there in Afghanistan writing uh, this application for fellowship, I said I really need to shift the career, I really want to go to the United States because. I want to, um, you know, like kind of work with Louise Hay, Wayne Dyer, you know, all these lovely people and just try to, to learn um, that energy <laughs> away from, you know, violence and harassment. And I ask God again, like, God, please, I want to go to a place where it's like really laid back, you know, like a, somewhere uh, in California on the beach or Florida or something like that. You know, Wayne Dyer lives in Hawaii, so I want to go and mm. be there mm-hmm. and learn how to relax and meditate and all these beautiful things. And I said, oh, God, please, not New York. But then this time... <laughs> I got laid really back in New York, totally, don't yeah. The two don't sit in the same uh, sentence. Um, <laughs> I visited New York in 1994 for, for Thanksgiving and... Uh, I was really, you know, I come from Alexandria, Egypt, which is like a, a little city on the beach. And we're mm. so, you know, like relaxed, laid back. And so I went to New York. I just thought, oh, my God, you know, like all these big buildings and all this quick people running. And, you know, <laughs> so so when I did the, the fellowship, I was like, oh, God, it's not New York. I really want to relax after Afghanistan, you know, like I need to relax. And then the next thing I know, it was New York, and it was a fellowship with an organization I'm sure a lot of you are aware of, uh, Hola Back, and it's uh, working on anti-street harassment. So it's like, oh, my God, so street harassment, sexual harassment again, and you know, that's too much for me. And I called, you know, the, the, the organizers of the program, and I said, oh, please, I want to change. They said, you cannot change. Um, no, you know, neither the city nor, nor the organization, either you take it or not. And I was so confused because I turned a lot of, you know, opportunities and I was like, I really need to go there. And I said, okay, I'll take the challenge. I'll go there and try my best and try to do things on my own. 
And actually what it turned out was that it was the best thing that ever happened to my life. Um, mm. It was just my perspective, you know, like we can always uh, be scared of things or have this per- perception of things. It's, it's going to be bad, like, you know, it's going to be a horror movie. But, but then when we really um, be open, I, I became open and I decided to take the opportunity and see what's the best I can get out of it and, and what, what are the opportunities there. So I went there, I, I talked with my boss, and I was like, I really need to, to learn uh, other things than street harassment. And they were like, this is your experience, we need you to serve. I'm like, I would like to serve from my experience, but at, at the same time, I would like to learn from you, you know, like new things. So uh, I made an agreement, I worked extra hours, and I took a few days off to go study coaching. So that was, you know, like a, a very good compromise and, and, and agreement. And then um, regarding New York, like, really, it was the best city I could have ever, you know, like, I couldn't have learned that much from any other city because everything happens in New York. I was, like, daily in events, daily in workshops, daily in, you know, getting to know people. Everything I ever wanted, you know, people to meet, they, they would come mm-hmm. to New York. So, so I did everything. Um, I got to know Tom Bond from the New York Center for, for Nonviolent Communication. I got to know you in that mm-hmm. uh, workshop. So, I mean, till now, you know, like my relationships in New York is, has been amazing. It's, I'm working with the New York Center for Nonviolent Communication. I, I took their program and doing it, I'm doing it in Arabic. So, I mean, a lot of opportunities happened to me there. And I have just a little final story. It's, it's a bit funny, but I, I think it's very spiritual for me. Um, the most thing I ever hated in my life was cockroaches, and I was so scared of them. <laughs> and in New York, I'm sure you all know that it is very hard to find a place to live for only four months. And I was going crazy trying to find a place to stay in, and I couldn't. At the very last minute, I, I, the only place I, I could stay was with a, a single mother, and um, she has, you know, like a, a little girl, child, and and she wasn't really living in, in a very good situation. It was in Brooklyn, and, and there were cockroaches in, in the place where I stayed, and I was like, oh, my God, this is a big challenge, and the only <laughs> thing that I really am phobic of. And... After a while, I really had, I, I overcome this fear. You know, I really had peace with cockroaches, which was, like, really amazing for me. And this is why I'm saying it's very spiritual, because, like, the thing that you really feel you cannot live with, you can hate, but then you can make peace. Like, one day I remember going into the bathroom and just screaming when I saw the cockroach, and the cockroach was, like, you know, ran away. And I'm sure if I was him, I was like, oh, what's this crazy woman screaming at me? I'm so afraid. And I, and I looked at him, and I was like, you're so afraid, and I'm, I'm so afraid, but I'm scaring you, you know? So, so it's the perception of just being afraid of something. It might be afraid of us as well. So I, I, I just had peace with, with them, and I said, you know, I don't want to harm you. You don't harm me, and we'll, we'll live okay, you know? And, um, I mean, after that, like, just two or three weeks, I changed. I found another place to live in, and I, I, was, I was really happy. So, so, I mean, I learned, and, and I, I saw a lot of things that I really appreciated by, by being there with all the things I have seen, all the experiences. So it, it was really a great opportunity. And the, the last week, I, I met my current husband, who was Egyptian, who lived in New York for, for 20 years. So now I am, I am living, you know, with a New Yorker. He's very fast for me still. But, I mean, we, we, we get along and everything as well. So, uh, yes, it, it was the, the best thing that ever happened um, to my life. <laughs> oh, what wonderful stories. I mean, I love your stories about the cockroach. You know, you've never shared that with me before. But what is so funny, I mean, talk about finding uh, the opportunities in, in a challenge. You did. You, you turned it into this whole spiritual uh, transformation for you and also how you also you just in what you were talking about you were talking about so much of what NVC or nonviolent communication is about which is empathy and you know seeing mm-hmm. things from another point of view and in ba- it, and it, it, at its most basic level it's about how to get along you know um, in peace building so it's you know so you developed a, a way of living in peace with with what was your enemy this little cockroach 
you know, basically you 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 and your the cockroach were enemies of each other, and you 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 know understood then how to get along and seeing life from in from the eyes of this cockroach, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So I I love that story. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you know, in our previous conversations, you have mentioned Sufism, and so mm-hmm. um. I would love if you would tell us a bit about that, how you got involved with it, and how it has affected this this journey you've been on. Okay, um, Sufism. Um, my, my my master or my spiritual teacher defines it as a living tradition that really um, is applicable to to all ages and all cultures, and it is a religion uh, of love. Um, mm-hmm. I I first got to know about Sufism, you know, like six years ago or something, and and I experienced different uh, culture that you know like practice Sufism, uh, and then I got to know about uh, Rumi, the, the the very famous uh, Sufi poet, and and Shams Tabriz. And by the way, Shams Woman, my organization is named after uh, Shams uh, because I'm I'm so inspired with him. And Shams was all about you know love. And, and getting to know yourself. So um, mm. I, I define Sufism as um, a practice of, of love, a practice of openness, or a practice of humanity, you know, like uh, just, just coming together as, as humanity, as human beings, um, knowing each other and knowing yourself and knowing the, the, the light within. Um, and uh, the... Another thing that really was great that it happened to me is that um, I, I was so confused. I had something like um, um, inspiration overload. <laughs> and when I went to New York, I kept on going to different places, different uh, meetings, different rituals, until um, I ended at um, a, a retreat of, with a group called the Threshold Society, uh, who are originally from the U.S., and they follow the, the Mawlawi order, which is Rumi, Rumi, Gladdin, Rumi is order. Um, and I met them again in New York. So I went to this retreat in New York, and I became part of them. They are um, the Mawlawi group who, who, who does the, the whirling. The whirling is one of the of their, you know, like traditions or rituals. Um, and again, it is about attention, like, having attention all the time and be present, you know, like all the time, just being present in yourself, being present with others, being present with God within you. And we have um, um, certain practices that we do, um, you know, like gathering is very important. So so we gather every, um, you know, like weeks or a couple of weeks, we do practices of, uh, as I said, knowing ourselves, working with ourselves, working with our ego, and what I love about my, um, you know, group or tradition is that uh, we don't say kill your ego; we say befriend your ego. So it's like mm. knowing your ego and becoming friends with your ego. It's not like really a bad thing to go away from it, but but to befriend it and to understand that, and and working on all the qualities like love and compassion and peace and, and purifying your heart with all these qualities at the same time working to understand all what we call them as heart diseases is um you know like greed uh, hatred um you know like uh, jealousy all that to, to work mm-hmm. with them to try to understand where they're coming from and and try to really let go of these things so for me, this, uh-huh. this is it's continuous development of the self and doing it mm-hmm. together in a group to, to um, you know, to support each other. Because sometimes when you do these things alone, you need support. So that's, that's what the gathering is, is, is all about. Oh, wonderful. You know, I'm just going to take a moment here. First of all, um, we, I see we have a caller. So I'm going to get get to the caller in just a moment. But I just but before that I want to take a moment to mention our uh our sponsor here on the Life Coach Radio, Radio Networks. Um we're proud to have as our sponsor audible.com. Audible.com is the leading provider of premium digital spoken audio information and entertainment on the internet, offering customers a new way to enhance and enrich their lives every day. 
Audible is the preeminent provider of spoken word audio products that includes more than 100,000 audio programs from more than 1,800 content providers. Receive a free audiobook with your 30-day trial when you sign up with Audible today at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. That's audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. Now here are some Audible books related to today's topic. The Science of Enlightenment, written and narrated by Shinzen Young. Excellent Daughters, The Secret Lives of Young Women Who Are Transforming the Arab World, written and narrated by Catherine Zopf, Z-O-E-P-F, and Nonviolent Communication, Create Your Life, Your Relationships, and Your World in Harmony with Your Values, written and narrated by Marshall Rosenberg. So don't forget to sign up for a one-month free trial to get your free audiobook today at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. Audible.com, making listening a tool for life. And now, back to our show. So if you haven't been with us before, welcome to part two of my interview with Shahinas El Hanawe on In-Depth with Jan Jaffe. So you've been talking about Sufism and um, how it basically, if I can sum up what I heard you mention, was that it was really about being present all the time to everything around you. It's, it's a kind of... Um, constant awareness and at the same time a true authenticity about accepting yourself while accept and 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 always being open and learning about everything around you without judgment but but with love is that summing up a little bit yes and also the the the, the importance of having uh, a group, the importance of connecting with others, with humanity, with with, with being uh, in a group to support you and help you, and and also um, you know some rituals like uh, daily practices that you need to 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 do to to keep you mm-hmm. like to um, to build you um, be in, in in this presence, you know, like like mm-hmm. I I would um, call it like. Um, when you go to the gym, you know, for bodybuilding to build your muscles and, uh, and be stronger, right. it's, there are spiritual practices just to be, you know, like keeping uh, your level and being stronger on the spiritual path. Oh, wonderful. Um, I will, but we did our caller drop. So if our caller wants to call back in, uh, your number ends in 1249. We would love to take your call. Otherwise, um, anyone who wants to call in with a question or a comment, um, we would love to hear from you. The number here is 646-716-9397. So, uh, Shahinas, I'm wondering, what do you believe um, might be the most common challenges that your clients face, and, and how how might you deal with those challenges? Okay, so, um, again, what brought me in, in this field is, is um, the feeling and the knowing that we 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 all you know like are mirrors to each other. We we all um, face the same things. We all have the same issues. And with with the clients that have been working since I came back from the United States, um, main issues are again you know like the the, the self love, the the being in in the victim role, um, uh, a lot of family issues because. Um, here in my culture, like we we live with our families at the same home until we get married, so th- this is a, a common challenge, you know, like searching for independence, searching for freedom, um, mm-hmm. you know, space um, and um, that that same uh, pattern of low self worth, you know, like feeling guilt and shame and not being able to um, to express that and. Another issue also is um, sexuality, um, you know, education. We, 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 this topic is a bit of a taboo in our culture, you know, like there's no um, enough sufficient education on sexuality, on, um, on, on sexual expression, on, on, you know, like living in our sexuality. So these mm-hmm. are common issues, yeah. 
Ah, okay, and that's and that's one of the main differences. I or not one of the main, but that is a, a big mm-hmm. difference between Eastern and Western, um, I guess, feminism, because mm-hmm. um, there is so much of a, a woman's sexuality uh, is has often been uh, a challenge, shall we say, with you know, for men. Um, they feel that it's a power that women have, and that's one of the, I would say, that's a tremendous difference. You know, again, I'm, I'm a Western woman, so having never lived in, in the East, I can, you know, these are just assumptions I'm making. So, um, but I know the, the, you know, the whole sexual revolution that happened in, in this country, and I guess in the West, for women, um, and so I'm wondering, uh, when it comes to the differences between Eastern and Western women, what um, what patterns or traditions would you say that uh, you've seen and that you admire in Western women that you would like to share with women uh, from your culture and vice versa? Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Some of the difference, as I said, is, is, is the idea of living with your family until mm. you get married. This is a bit of, of a challenge of women in my culture because, like, we a lot of women wants to 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 be independent, wants to move from living with their families, and they just get married to anyone just to go out of the family. This is the reason for just you know getting into any marriage, um, and and um, like in, in again. Uh, being with family, there is you know pros and cons for everything. Is a lot of support. You know, like here mm-hmm. when I when I started telling my story to to Western women, they were like, "Oh my God, you're so spoiled." Because um, <laughs> here the family takes care. You know, if uh, for the boy and the girl as 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 the same. You know, like women and men, um, financially and you know emotionally and like everything. So really, um, I, we don't really have issues of being, um, you know, like worried about paying the bill if we leave this job, if, if we want to pay the rent or anything like that. And this is something also, yeah, like I see in, in, in coaching different women in, in Western and Eastern. Um, but, but here it's like you can really, you know, just don't, don't really worry about it. You know that your family will take care of you. Um, uh. And another thing is, I, I like very much and I admire it in, in Western women is that um, that kind of independence compared, you know, like at the end there's a lot of commonalities, <laughs> but but kind of like um, independence, kind of um, you know, more freedom than, than when we have, you know, like freedom of expression, freedom of just saying this is my life, I can do you know whatever I want, especially to, to your parents or even to your partner. But here there's a lot of culture and traditions that. I can't speak up, I can't say this, I can't just leave the house and go, you know, like, the, the, there's lots of, you know, issues on that. Um, other things would be, like, um, you know, um, sports. <laughs> That's one thing that I really um, love in, in the Western culture is that sports is very common, I mean, for, for men and women as well, but sports, especially for women here, it's it's, it's very... You know, it's very, um, it's not very popular. You know, you you see a lot of men going to the gym and doing sports, but you know, like most of the women that even, especially my clients, that they sports is not something really important in their life. Um, again, here um, in in my culture, there's a lot of um, a kind of unity, collective. Um, you know, like. Um, the, the the thing, the idea of the extended family, you know, like you always, when you go to someone, you you always have their cousins and cousins of cousins and, and you know, this, this kind of women coming together. It's, it's always this culture of, of coming together. Um, it's not that it's not in the West. Of course, there's gathering and family and everything, but, mm-hmm. but the family here and, and these gatherings are very, very, you know, tight and very important. Um one thing I liked very much in, in the United Kingdom uh, when I visited for a while is there are programs for mothers and, and children. Um, like I used to take my, my daughter when she was little and, and go to a different kind of programs, you know, dancing and 
um, doing a lot of activities uh, together, you know, like, you know, working with mothers and teaching them how to deal with children. Here, when I came back, it was really an issue, you know, like, it's, it's very rare. You can hardly find any program for mothers and children together. Um, it's, it's either a nursery, you leave the child and, and go, but you really don't get to have um, this connection of, of mother and child. Mm. Um, yeah, and, and, and generally there's, um, I mean, I know that the, the feminist movement is everywhere, the patriarchal, you know, thoughts and societies everywhere, but again, it's, it's, um, it's a bit uh, overwhelming <laughs> in my culture, I, I must say. Uh, wow. Yeah, and, and, mm. yeah, some traditions that I really um, love here um, sharing when, when we, we get a lot of visitors from Western countries. Uh, actually, I, I have a room in my, in my uh, apartment, that, especially for visitors. And at, at the point of time, I had like every month a Western lady uh, here. And um, we, we do a lot of, you know, like women gathering of belly dancing, um, you know, like uh, drawing on our skin, which is like henna and, and stuff like that. They're really nice traditions that, that when, when the Western women come here, they really enjoy very much. So, yeah. Oh, that sounds fun! I'll book my trip. Yeah. <laughs> um, You're welcome. Yeah, but what you what you bring up is is really important. Saying that you know in the East, it's like you know the family and community um, is very very strong, and it's true. That's something that that's a price that we often pay here in the West for our you know our freedom, our independence. Um, as women, we do, you know, we do uh, lose some of that sense of community and family. But at the same time, there is a price for that too, for the family and community. And it's, you know, as you described it, it sounds a little bit like, you know, as though you're owned uh, a bit, and you have very a very strict set of rules placed upon you. So. Um, as you you seem to say, there was pros and cons to both. Yeah, there's prices you pay for either that that freedom that we have in the West, or the the safety and security that you have in the East. That that family and com- that community that is so much a part of your life. So um, there are prices to pay on both sides. So. Um, you know, I, you've talked about different challenges uh, or differences between Western and Arab women, and I'm so I'm curious about what the different challenges are in coaching Western versus Arab women, or vice versa, Arab versus Western women. Okay. Um, first of all, again, I would like to say that there are a lot of commonalities. So in coaching in general, we do like general stuff like who are you, what's your life purpose, things that are really common for everyone. Um, but the, the, the difference in, 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 in coaching and the, the, the difference of challenges is that um, uh, it, it, it is due to the culture and it, it is due to the different traditions. Like, for example, clients from the West would, um, you know, look, would have issues of... Um, you know, maybe women being lonely, you know, like a, a, the, her, um, you know, children just, you know, want to live on their own and maybe if her partner is not there. So there's um, a lot of loneliness. Um, this we don't really, um, you know, um, experience here because it's always there is a cousin, there is a neighbor, there is a family member, there is, you know, it's, so, so this is one of the difference uh, in the challenges. Um Something like, again, as I said, financial issues here, it's really, um, it's very easy to find financial support, you know, like your uncle, your aunt, your, you know, a lot of that. Mm. Again, when, when I coach uh, women from Western culture, it's, it's, it's really their independence, especially if they're single mothers and they're suffering to, to they have to share, um, you know, taking care of the kids. And here in our culture, I mean, it, it's this tradition is that, um, the, the father is responsible. Uh, I know that's not equality, but financially they're, they're supposed to be, you know, like for the kids. Um, uh, but it, it's not really the, the, the reality, but, you know, like culturally tradition it is. So, yeah, I mean, these are some of the examples that um, 
um, you know, I face differently in, in, in the different cultures due to the different traditions and situations. Oh, okay. So that's interesting, though, that you say it's the culture, but it's not always the reality. Um, mm-hmm. would, you, would you mind just expanding a little bit on that, that what, what yeah, you just said? Y- yes, sure. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we, we are, um, and, and that's really interesting. Thank you for asking these questions, because in our culture, um, religion is a big thing that people always talk with, you know, like, to, oh, religion says that, religion says that, we should follow religion and all that stuff. But then uh, religion, I, I, I mean Islam, and women in Islam, when I really got to know about that, I realized I was mm-hmm. really surprised because we have so much rights that men do not have the same rights as we have. Like, um, once the woman, you know, like, gets married, she is mm-hmm. fully responsible financially of her husband just even if she works even if she has money it's for her own she has no obligation whatsoever to to pay a penny you know in in the household the man is responsible for paying everything for her for the kids for everything and but again we don't follow this as i said reality is is different um almost Mm -hmm. thirds of egyptian families are um, you know like the 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 caretakers are are women and a lot of men they do not work and the women take care of the family and even you know if like 50 percent we have 50 percent rates of divorce and like I would say I don't know what percent exactly that women uh, that men do not pay for for you know their kids but it's, it's a big mm-hmm. percentage so culturally and religiously is, is the man is responsible but then the reality is is not really like that so uh, yeah so in in that sense it it's i guess it it it's become a little more westernized <laughs> <laughs> yeah um things yeah that that happens i think in in so many cultures um mm-hmm. you know you have mentioned i you know briefly in a conversation we had in the past something about 40 journeys of light can you uh quickly just elaborate a little on that yes actually the 40 journeys of light is um i'm i'm turning 40 in in a few months and mm-hmm. this is an insight that that came to me um to, to put all the 40 years of my life experience in a program for 40 days, um, starting for women, and then I think later on we would include men as well. And um, light is, um, is, is the, the, the theme that I've been getting for the whole last year. Whenever I, I hear, you know, something, I, I watch something, I, I get into a course, it's all about light, 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 and, and the light of the mm. divine, and the light we have inside. And, and then the, the 40 journeys of light, is, as I said, it's my 40 years experience, and 40 days and four questions of Shams Tabriz, uh, the, the spiritual uh, companion and teacher of Rumi, uh, who I, I also heard for the first time these questions in New York in the retreat. Uh, and he said, he said, you really do not have to do anything in your life or, or just, you know, read books or study or, you know, all the knowledge that you need to have in your life are, are to be bind with, with four questions. The first is, who are you and what's your essence? The second is, why are you here and where you're going? The third is, where is your origin? And the fourth is, uh, what I am currently involved in and towards what I must turn my face to. And when I first heard these questions from my spiritual teacher, he, he got really a little piece of paper out of his pocket and was like, I'm, I'm living, I'm, I'm walking with these questions all the time. It's, it's continuous consciousness of these questions. So the program is the four questions, every question for, for 10 days. And within these 10 days, we, um, you know, discuss many concepts like, um, you know, like qualities like love and compassion and peace and also heart diseases, as I said earlier, from like jealousy, pride, um, you know, like... Uh, gossip and stuff to do a lot with women as well and um and the question for example who am i we talk about the self the soul the heart the body that so we really go into all these deep stuff 
and it's, it's being developed right now. Hopefully, it will be launched by, by the fall to be an online course uh, that would bring women from all over the world, in, in English language, of course, but my, my main aim is to bring women from the East and from the West to join this course online, to get to know each other through, you know, knowing themselves and knowing each other through these uh, questions and experiencing these concepts and working together. Um, of course, not answering these questions in 40 days, but just, as Shem said, to bind with these questions, to live with these questions. Oh, that's wonderful because those four questions are, you know, those aren't, you can't just answer them one, two, three. Those really require that you you really search deep within yourself and do constant soul searching and awareness and self-awareness and, and really understanding what's around you and becoming more spiritual. So um, it really speaks to life purpose and and being aware of, you know, getting out of a stuck place and moving you forward. Um, I love that. It gets you into being rather than doing. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, that's great. I uh, Maybe we can, you can send me those questions sometimes or tell us where can we find that information. Yes. Actually, the program, as I said, is being developed right now. The the mm-hmm. like a, a summary of the manual I would like to give for free because uh, this is the creed of Hamster Breeze, and I'm inspired by him, and he was all about sharing love. But then the course uh, it will include some group coaching and you know individual coaching that would be for fees, of course. But mm-hmm. um, I'll be very happy to share this manual, you know, like for free for anyone who would like to work on that. And I'm very happy that you. Um, you know, like stress on the point that these questions are not answerable, you know, that quickly. It's it's actually, um, as I said, Shem said to bind with this question. He never said answer because it's the idea of these questions is to live in conscious of these questions, not to answer them because, like, you answer them every day, every day, every day, you know, it's, it's something ongoing. But the program is an invitation to come and be conscious. Of, of all these things, and then work on them for the rest of your life. It's a, it's a a process. It's you know as you yes. said, it's not you know to just answer. It's it's a constant process of transformation, of spirituality. Meaning you know that we you grow constantly uh, with this awareness, with this presence, with this love, and in in in, in order to love other people, as we know, and to connect. We have to have healthy love for ourselves, which means not narcissism. But when you were talking earlier about ego, it's that healthy ego as opposed to that damaged ego. So, you know, um, you have this beautiful two-year-old daughter. And um, Mm -hmm. so I'm I'm wondering, um, you know, with everything you know now, and that, you know, with the, all the transformation and the journeys that you've been on, that you're continuing to to live your life, you know, in this journey. Um, what counsel do you think you'd be giving, you'll be giving your daughter as she grows up? Actually, that's, it's, um, it's a very important question. It's a very tough question because I've been, um, you know, a lot of people, we have an Egyptian saying that the, 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 the experts, you know, like uh, a doctor, it's, it's very hard for him to treat himself or herself, you know. Mm. Um, th- this I've been, you know, in my mind before even giving my birth uh, to, birth to my daughter. And um, the, what I I, um, I realized or what I, you know, like I, I thought of or came in conclusion to is that to be very um, aware, self-aware that, um, not to seek perfection <laughs> because a lot mm. of the time, you know, like I'll be like, I want to be the perfect mother. There's there's nothing uh, called perfect mother, but just I like the the concept of good enough mother, and and <laughs> of course I will use a lot of the things that I learned in my life, especially nonviolent communication because nonviolent communication um, helps us to see the other's needs. So I'm I'm searching now for her needs for her uh, feelings, helping her to express that. Uh, watching myself of saying no, 
um, and uh, th- this is something I'm suffering with people around me and my mother and everything. They'll be like, you have to tell her no, you have to tell her no. And, and, and like, I, I really need to see why she's doing that. How can I find a substitute? How can I uh, let her uh, experience herself? How can I let her express herself, know herself, um, love herself? And, of course, teaching her all these qualities about love and compassion and, you know, knowing yourself and, and the healthy, the healthy ego, as you were just saying. And the most importantly is in, introducing God as the loving God, not the fearful God, because a lot of us, especially in my culture, you know, we got introduced that to be afraid of God. He punishes us. But, mm-hmm. but you know, like what I, I love and learned in Spirit is that God is love. So when she starts knowing that we were created out of love, loving God, and you know just sharing the love, and um, and yeah, just just being herself. So 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 not making it an issue of oh I have to do that and I have to do that. Just letting her be and give her the space and give her the freedom to to be herself. Well, mm-hmm. it sounds like you know. It also, it sounds as though with everything that you've said. The example that you set, you know, just by the way you live your life and everything that you do and all the the work you do with transformation and constantly growing and how you treat other people and the love that shines from your eyes. You know, children are blank slates, and they, they learn so much just from observing. So I would imagine that she's going to learn a lot just from being your daughter. Um, you know, my last question, because we're—I can't believe we're almost out of time. My last question to you yes. is: What advice would the Shahinas of today give the Shahinas of about 20 years ago or thereabouts? Mm-hmm. That's again a very interesting question, Jane. Thank you very much. Because, like, when I hear this question, I'll be like, okay. 20 years ago, I'm, I'm 40, so 20 years ago is really the, the middle of, uh, of my life. And when I think, um, I, I would want to say, oh, my God, that was a time when I was so <laughs> out of place. I was so crazy. I, I want to really advise myself with all the things that I've learned these last 20 years. But then when I connect to my heart and to my insects, um I, I only have or see to just be, you know, and I would tell myself if I go back 20 years is live the same life, do the same things, the same experience as I was because I am now, um, of the 40 years, because I lived this life, because I was this person. So there's nothing to change. There's nothing to to do differently. You know, like like now that I, I I embrace everything in my life and I see everything, all my challenges, all my you know hard moments, painful moments as blessings. So I would say, just be, just experience, just live as 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 all your experiences come. So, yeah. Oh, I love that. That is so beautiful. You are such a a fabulous example of of everything that you that you talk about and this transformation that you you know that you live and that you you know in in and that you coach women about so i cannot believe that we're already at the end of the show and so i want to thank my fabulous guest Shahina Zalhanawi for being on the show today this has been a special special treat for me i'm Jan Jaffe and it's been my privilege to have been your host today i'd love to hear from you and i'm offering our listeners a free 30 minute discovery and strategy session so for more information questions or whatever just please feel free to email me at info at forwardtosuccess.com. Now, you're invited to share any comments or feedback on our website, lifecoachradionetworks.com. And in addition to my solo interview show, I also host Think Tank, a roundtable discussion. So I would be delighted if you would join us for the next episode of Think Tank on July 27th at 12 noon Eastern. Shahina's, would you care to share any closing thoughts, advice, comments, or contact information with our listening audience? 
Yes, sure. I would love to. Um, just a few things. I would say, let's come together, women from East and the West, you know, to, to know each other. Uh, maybe the 40 Journeys of Light would be an invitation that we, we connect, you know, getting in, in solidarity and, you know, knowing ourselves and knowing each other. And also working towards, you know, like uh, working uh, towards diffusing any misconceptions that we have of each other. Uh, we are all one, and um, we have, you know, lots of common things, and our main commonality is the life within us. Um, self-discovery is a journey, and living in awareness is the purpose. Um, we need to be while doing, and being is, is the life. We need to be light while doing anything. Um, I would say enjoy yourself company and listen to the voice of your soul, your life. Um, practice practice, practice, um, a ritual that you're comfortable with to get to know yourself more, like, you know, meditation, music, anything, but just, you know, having a common daily practice to help you go within yourself. Thank you. Oh, that's wonderful. That's such great advice. Thank you so much, Shahinas. And thank you for being on the show today. I have so enjoyed having you with us. It's really been such a treat. Thank you. Thank and, you. Um, thank I you. want... Oh, thank you. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything! Fashion emergency hotline. Help, I'm in a haunted house. Oh, I love Halloween. No, it's my closet. My fall clothing is frightening. Oh, that is scary. Go to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yeah, save up to 50% off store-wide at Old Navy's big fall sale. It's the sale of the season. 50% off? Now you're talking. With cute, cozy sweaters, flattering dresses, and stylish jeans, the only thing that will scare you will be your savings. Plus, right now, clearance is up to 75% off. Oh, thank you. Don't thank me. Thank Old Navy. Valid 1017 to 1022. Select styles only.